Hello again, and welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. We made it like... Oh, I didn't know what's going on. There's my name. It's flashing. He's so excited, folks. He is so excited. <laughs> well, we did this once before. <laughs> you'll see it uh, if you're a Rumble uh, Rumble user. You'll get to see some uh, behind the scenes clips. Um, anyhow, <laughs> exciting. That'll be fun. You'll well, want to. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. As, as I'm getting like signals from over there. Uh, what's going on, Austin? Are you trying to mess me up here? Um. <laughs> So, so tonight is a special night. What kind of show are we going to have tonight, Louie? We're going to have a really big show tonight, and thank you for having me. That's our host of Rodriguez Rants, Louie Rodriguez. Where's the cheers? Cheers for Louie. <laughs> Come on, Austin. Get on it here. Seems like the more people we put in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> more, more people, more problems, right? <laughs> mo people, mo problems. Yeah, mo people, more problems. Uh, but the reason I said is it's, it's a special night tonight, I got guys, because uh, I'm talking way too fast. I'm going to slow it down, a little bit of caffeine in my system. The reason it's a special night tonight is because we have all of Revolver Broadcasting in one room. So uh, that being said, across from Louie, we've got the legend himself. Not legendary. <laughs> okay, the myth. The man. Those. <laughs> <laughs> the host of The Laughing Libertarian, Alan McFarland. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. Seriously, thanks for being here. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, next to him, we got uh, uh, a guy that uh, y- you're going to get real familiar with real quick because he has his own podcast, a uh, new podcast coming out here very soon. You, you might have seen the, the previous show that he had before. Danny Tippett. Yeah. Hello, thank you for having me. It's called It Makes Sense. We've recorded 100 podcast episodes already, and we've got the first one coming out on Sunday. <laughs> They'll believe that, you know that. Yeah. yeah. First, the first 20. <laughs> Seems like a Netflix <laughs> drop. <laughs> Bam! Binge, binge. Work through yep. it. <laughs> Binge-worthy. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'll, I'll get my composure here in a second. This is supposed to be the job of the host to keep his composure. <clears throat> Anyhow... Uh, you got a message for us tonight, Danny? I, I got a teaching. How about that? Okay. I got I like a it. teaching. Yeah. All There'll right. be one verse we'll use. We'll talk about that at the end. It's pretty simple. But okay. you know, we're going to discuss uh, the Kalam cosmological argument. Check out that graphic. There we go. Oh. Right? <laughs> That's pretty. <laughs> I like it. Uh, would you mind so, leading yeah. us in prayer? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Lord, we just thank you for this night and this opportunity and uh Barring all the technical issues and things like that, Father, we're here and we're doing this, and you've given us this space and this time and opportunity to do this. And thank you for having all the guys here, even even the folks behind the camera that are helping us out and keeping us straight. And, uh, Father, I just ask that you'll bless the talk, the discussion, the conversation, and uh, that it's worthy and praiseworthy to you and glorifying you, God. Just thank you for this time. And, Lord, anything that's said here that I say that is not of you from you, God, I pray that the folks watching this will test this and uh, they'll test it to your word and your scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, I heard you mention the people behind the camera. I'm just going to run run through some names real quick because everybody, let everybody know that yeah. because all Revolver Broadcasting is in one room, we've got uh, the perfect producer, Sterling Metcalf Allen. <laughs> Yell for us, Sterling, so they can hear you on the audio. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> that one was and real then, down in the diaphragm. I can, <laughs> I can feel that one. <laughs> and his cousin and our good friend of the show, and he's also been working on our website, um, young Mr. Cameron Reed. You can shout. 
Whoa. <laughs> That's the loudest yeah. he's ever been on the show. <laughs> mm. And uh, we've also got uh, our, our young uh, interns, uh, Austin and Ryan. Um, you guys want to give a real quick shout out? They said no. Yeah. They're just shaking their heads. I, I Oh, okay, there goes Austin. There's a shout-out there, shout right there. That that's, was your moment. There's your 15 minutes of fame. I love how we're like, the young, the young, the young. Oh, Sterling, we didn't say that about you. Uh, he, he's, he's right in there with You're us, just man. just as he's, old as we are. Yeah. He, er, he earned it. He earned it. He's a, he's a, he's a good father. Right, right, right. He really is. He's a good, good father. Is that no? Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's uh go ahead and get into the word of God, I think. All right. So we got we have a video we're gonna watch first. I wanted to share it's about four minutes, so I wanted to share that and I'm gonna talk about it. And uh the Kalam cosmological argument is a it's not a you know, foolproof, you know, when we're talking about arguments for the existence of God, and that's what this is gonna be talking about. It's a good argument to have though, it's got a lot of really good points to it. But there's only three points, so it makes it real easy. So I really want to discuss and talk about it today. But there's a couple of notes that I have, and we'll get through this. But Sterling, run that video for us. We'll watch that first. Does God exist? Or is the material universe all that is, or ever was, or ever will be? One approach to answering this question is the cosmological argument. It goes like this. Whatever begins to exist has a cause. The universe began to exist. Therefore, the universe has a cause. So is the first premise true? Let's consider. Believing that something can pop into existence without a cause is more of a stretch than believing in magic. At least with magic you've got a hat and a magician. And if something can come into being from nothing, then why don't we see this happening all the time? No, everyday experience and scientific evidence confirm our first premise. If something begins to exist, it must have a cause. But what about our second premise? Did the universe begin? Or has it always existed? Atheists have typically said that the universe has been here forever. The universe is just there, and that's all. First, let's consider the second law of thermodynamics. It tells us the universe is slowly running out of usable energy. And that's the point. If the universe had been here forever, it would have run out of usable energy by now. The second law points us to a universe that has a definite beginning. This is further confirmed by a series of remarkable scientific discoveries. In 1915, Albert Einstein presented his general theory of relativity. This allowed us, for the first time, to talk meaningfully about the past history of the universe. Next, Alexander Friedman and George Lemaitre, each working with Einstein's equations, predicted that the universe is expanding. Then in 1929, Edwin Hubble measured the red shift in light from distant galaxies. This empirical evidence confirmed not only that the universe is expanding, but that it sprang into being from a single point in the finite past. It was a monumental discovery, almost beyond comprehension. 
However, not everyone is fond of a finite universe, so it wasn't long before alternative models popped into existence. But one by one, these models failed to stand the test of time. More recently, three leading cosmologists, Arvind Bord, Alan Guth and Alexander Vilenkin, prove that any universe which has on average been expanding throughout its history cannot be eternal in the past but must have an absolute beginning. This even applies to the multiverse, if there is such a thing. This means that scientists can no longer hide behind a past eternal universe. There is no escape. They have to face the problem of a cosmic beginning. Any adequate model must have a beginning, just like the standard model. It's quite plausible then that both premises of the argument are true. This means that the conclusion is also true. The universe has a cause. And since the universe can't cause itself, its cause must be beyond the space-time universe. It must be spaceless, timeless, immaterial, uncaused and unimaginably powerful. Much like God. The cosmological argument shows that in fact it is quite reasonable to believe that God does exist. All right. Very interesting. Yeah, it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Um, so I'm going to go through these points real quick, and then we can talk about it. And yeah. it's, it's three simple points. And it's based off this. Uh, using this argument is using an argument with somebody else that says, you know, God doesn't exist, right? So secularists, humanists, naturalists, these are folks that don't believe that God exists. They believe that science is all knowledge. It, that's where we can get all of our knowledge from is through science. And that... We, this is all we have, the universe, and it's just us. There's nothing uh, supernatural. There's no transcendent anything, okay? It's just what we see. It's like what my dad would say. I'm from Missouri, the show me state. What I see in front of me is what there is, okay? Science is going to tell us everything we need to know, and if it hasn't told us yet, if we don't know yet, eventually it will tell us, all right? Yeah. Now, that's what you'll use this argument for. Again, I, I don't say that this argument 100% just downright says God exists because people will always try to pick apart. I'm not going to say it's going to convince somebody, but arguments aren't made to be just said in, in, in isolation. When you're talking with somebody about the existence of God, you want to talk about a lot of different arguments because it's about adding to the evidence, right? It's like a, a, an accident you see, or a, a detective is looking at a car accident, right? You're, you want to get all the witnesses that saw as many as possible. You don't want them to have conversations with each other. You want to try to get a fuller picture because the more separate they are from each other, the more truthful their, uh, their, their um, eyewitness account is going to be. Yeah. And so you take all that evidence, and you put it together, and you have a better picture, and you can get a better assessment of what actually happened, right? So that's sort of why you would bring this argument in. And this one is very popular. It's one, again, it's very easy to use. And I want to start with the first point because the first point, there's a key word in here that some people will want to argue with, right? The first point is whatever begins to exist has a cause. The key word there is begins. Whatever starts coming that comes into existence, right? Because they'll say, well, yeah. whatever exists has a cause. Well, I mean, they're going to try to give that to God, right? But God's God is an infinite being. He's always existed. So this does not apply to him, first and foremost. So whatever begins to exist has a cause. And anything we have seen, I think we can all testify to this, anything we've seen in our lives that we've seen that begins to exist has had a cause. Yeah. There's not, it's nothing, has, nothing has ever produced something 
that we have ever seen. Right? Yeah, it doesn't just go no. right into existence. No, it doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't happen. <laughs> right, right. So the question is, can something come from nothing? And so um, the question has to be, what is nothing? This is the crazy part, and this is the part that really racks my brain because none of us here and no human in history has ever experienced nothing. It literally means no thing. And we can't experience that because we've never We've never been in a place or, or heard of a place. Even a black hole is full of energy. It's, it's not nothing. You're gonna because even in that space, we would be something. Exactly. So therefore, right. we can't exist. And the funny thing is, is people have tried, scientists have tried, even recently with quantum physics, they have tried to say that in a vacuum that, they're, that they are seeing these particles coming in and out of existence, right? But the thing is, is a vacuum is not nothing. A vacuum is energy. And energy is something. And it's even been tried to be explained that nothing, and what actually is meant by that, is that nothing is, this is weird, and, and I was looking it up, and I can't remember who said it, but it was a couple of popular sciences. I think Richard Dawkins was one of them, or Stephen Hawking was one of them, that nothing, maybe it was both of them, nothing is actually something, but they're calling it nothing, which is ironic, right? I mean, it's yeah. sort of an oxymoron, I think. It's like, but it is something like if you're giving it some kind of physicalness of any sort, it's something. So we can't, we can't say that. And that I think is hard for a lot of people, especially scientists that don't want to believe in this idea that nothing is what we had first. They want to say like Carl Sagan, I have this quote, this is from the beginning of the show cosmos. I I know as anybody here has seen the Neil, uh, What's his name? Neil deGrasse Tyson. Thank you, Neil deGrasse Tyson. His Cosmos version, version, Carl Sagan did the original one. And it starts off, it says the material, he says the universe is all there was, all there is, and all there ever will be. And it said at the beginning of this video, right? Well, again, that that premise is saying that material, space, time, and matter has always existed. And that's, I mean, we've not seen anything to prove that. And, And especially if you're a scientist and you're using science to prove all knowledge, Science actually disproves that point. We know that science says that anything that comes into existence has to have a cause. Well, if these space, time, and matter has always existed, how did it ever get started to turn into something? Okay, I use this this example. You have a line of chairs, and you in, and you have a line. Let's say we have a line of Allens sitting in chairs. Oh, just a line that goes God on for infinity <laughs> to infinity. Sounds okay, like a this, party. this line it's a lot of Allens. <laughs> this line never ends. Okay, you're all sitting down, and in and in order for things to get going, for anything to happen, we have to have Allen stand up. But Allen, you can't stand up till the Allen beside you stands up, and then the Allen beside them, right? But if Allens always existed. There is no first Allen to actually start the, the, the reaction, okay? And so that's what they're trying to tell us. Space, time, and matters always existed, and then all of a sudden, somehow, right? Big bang, and then we have this massive, very rapid expansion, and we have a universe, okay? And, and now they're even trying to tell us multiverse without any proof of that. <laughs> but anyways, let's not get into that. But that's the, that's the idea, right? But they're not making a scientific, scientific claim because it's, science has never proven this. This is all based on philosophy. It's all based on not even a theory because a theory, at least to some degree, has been tested and observed, yeah. right? So 
Um, that's why I have a problem with macroevolution, but we won't get into that either. So again, nothing is no thing. So this is something we just can't, we can't comprehend, something we can't explain, and only something that God could do something with, right? Um, and, and because of that, and looking at that, we have to understand that, okay, if somebody does not believe in the supernatural, they're automatically going to disregard it. All right. I've been reading, I, just, I was just reading, I don't know if you've heard of Cold Case Christianity and in this book. It's a great book by J. Warner Wallace, and he's a cold case de- detective, and he, he, is, uh, he was an atheist, and he tried to disprove Jesus in the Gospels by using his cold case uh, detective skills. All right. He became a Christian because of his cold case de- detective skills, proved that Jesus had to have existed and that the Gospels were reliable. And one of the things he says in there is that um, you're taking your evidence, you're putting it all together, and when you're doing that, when you automatically discount a part of that, you're already biased to it. So if you don't believe in a supernatural, anything that seems supernatural, you're already going to say, no, doesn't exist, can't do it, it's, it's done. So now everything you're doing has to be done through a natural biased lens. So scientists that don't want to take into account all the miracles that are in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, yeah. they automatically discount those, and they don't want to give those any credence. So something had to explain them, or they were made up, which they go with the made-up route, right? So yeah. when we're looking at something with this, they can't believe that anything was nothing because they know how foolish it sounds. They know how foolish it sounds that something was from nothing. So they have to say everything was already in existence. But they have no proof of that as well. And that is also... Um, it very illogical in the sense that at some point this that stuff that's already there just decided it wanted to blow up. I mean, what created the spark? What created the friction? If it was all inert and dormant and wasn't moving or anything, okay? So this argument's already starting out to be pretty good for us. Yeah, it kind of sounds like uh, it can be settled in four words. What's that? Let there be light. Let there be light. <laughs> Don't get ahead of me now. <laughs> all right, so I want to move on to the next point, which is the second premise, the universe began to exist. All right, so does science say anything about this? And what we just saw was a bunch of stuff, right? Uh, I don't know if you guys knew Bertrand Russell is, but he was a mathematic intellectual, and I guess in one sense he was, but he made this, uh, he, he said, suppose a mathematical intellectual made a philosophical claim based on what, um, that claim that he made in there was that, oh gosh, I can't even remember it. I would love to run it back. Um, and I just lost it. We'll skip that. Um, I think it was, no, nope, I can't remember it. Anyways, we'll move on. Uh, but it does talk on, on that second point about the universe running out of energy, right? So think about that. If the universe is running out of energy, it had to have started with some amount of energy at some point, right? If we have been in an infinite universe or infinite multiverse, why haven't we already run out of energy? So that's that first point right there, okay? So we know that the universe had to have a point so it had to have began somewhere. I see you, you go ahead. I already have a problem with that premise okay. anyway. Right. And, and just from a scientific situation here, I mean, we already know that uh, energy in the universe doesn't actually go away. It just transfers. So for them to say that it's depleting is completely wrong by their own rationale. Well, in the sense of, are you talking about the expansion part of the universe? Or are you talking about just energy I mean, itself? Energy in general. Right. I mean, energy as a rule Right. never actually goes away. It just transfers. Okay. So when we're talking about energy in a sense of movement, right? I mean, I mean, any energy at all. I mean, the actual like science behind speaking about energy at all, it, the energy itself, 
always exists. It's, it's kind of the same idea of water on earth, right? It right. doesn't really matter how much water you drink or you drink, or you drink that water is going to be returned to the earth. Right. And so the, the same amount of water is always around. It never, it, it doesn't escape. Right. Um, it doesn't actually grow larger. Right. Same with energy. The, the whole scientific concept of energy is that it doesn't deplete. Right. It just transfers into a different form. Okay. But we can only have so much energy to expand the universe, right? Does That's it just right. keep continue to keep expanding? I mean, no, or, it cannot, or, it, right. it shouldn't be able to produce, produce more than what's already right. there. It's a finite amount. Right. And which is even crazier an idea when they talk about the multiverse that it will infinity, it, their idea, their theory, or their thought is a hypothesis, I guess you can't even say as a theory, is that there, there's going to be a creation of infinite amount of multi-universes from the limited amount of space, time, and matter that we had to start off with. Because there, there was a certain amount, right? We didn't have infinity amounts. We just had infinity existence time, right? So the matter was in, in what they say was a small, small dot or whatever you want to call that had existed. So time was in, infinite, but space and matter was not. So when you're looking at that, the energy to push that out would expand it out, but at some point it has to slow, right? Maybe it doesn't run out, like vanish, what I'm saying is, but it will slow down. But we do have a point and we have seen through this, the guys that have shown that Hubble with the telescope, which was amazing for a lot of it because we actually got to see this, you know, observing the universe is not expanding as fast as it was. It's slowing down, but it also came from a point. The fact is it is expanding at one point. If it's expanding out, that means it had started in and we had to have a beginning point is what I'm getting to it showed a funnel in that yeah. video. So we had to have a beginning point. If we had a beginning point, then we know the universe hasn't always existed. Okay. There's that. Yeah. We have to explain how does space, time, and matter that supposedly exist, existed for an infinity could all of a sudden start, right? And then the amount of energy that it would take. If it, is a, if it was a universe that was here for infinity, does that mean it was an, as far as the amount of energy? So we're talking about, let's just say, the difference of an atomic bomb versus a you know strike of a match, Okay. What amount of energy did we have to be able to see what we're seeing happening right now? Did we have the infinity amount of atomic bomb to where somehow energy is just being created, which we know energy is not created, right? Because it's neither created nor depleted, right? So that goes both ways on that logic. So the energy had to be created from something, and we had to have enough energy to create to where we got now to continue the expansion of the universe, but we do know it's slowing. We do know it's slowing. Um, but the whole point of that is to know it began. So anything that comes in that begins to come into existence, right, has a cause. The universe began to come into existence is the second premise, which means the universe, and that's the last part, had a cause. So the two premises, would we all agree here? And anybody out there watching, I would love for you to, to make the jumble, you know, sense out of the jumble mess I just spoke, actually. <laughs> um, and I thank you for clarifying that on the energy part as well. But if those first two premises we can say to be true, then that would make the conclusion true, would it not? Now, you're the resident agnostic here. I mean, there's, there's uh, the problem with this, this debate, this argument, this, mm -hmm. this, this statement, this conversation, is that both factions have faith, right? It's right. faith. Yeah. No, they, absolutely. they have faith in science, and uh, Christians have faith in God, right? Or just believers have faith in God. Yeah. The problem is science is finite in their argument because they have to stay inside these certain rules. Right. 
Whereas people who believe in God get to just go, eh, it's God. Eh, it's God. Mm-hmm. Eh, it's God. So it's 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 always it has always been an unfair debate because literally anytime someone tries to break it down and go, here is the formula, here's how this works, the other person can just go, I don't know what it is, I don't care what it is, it's God. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's uh it's both, you know, great to have that faith. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's it's to try to pick apart science from a from a believer standpoint, it's it's not incredibly fair because it's literally just like I don't have to listen to anything you say. I don't care about your numbers. I don't care about your words. I don't care about anything you show me. God, prove me wrong. Well, I can't. Well, obviously, God. It, it just—it's mm-hmm. not a really good. It's not. A, I don't like that comparison. Yeah. But I'm—I'm I'm not trying to pick anything apart. I'm just saying. No, it's, no. It is a. You're, you're, it, it's you're, faith. On you're both bringing sides. up a great point because that is the problem with science, right? Being a believer doesn't—I don't discount science. Right. I, exactly. I love science as a believer because this is the point of what I'm making. Number one, I already said at the beginning, the argument can't stand alone because what you're trying to do is uh, you're, just as much as a person who believes in God can say, well, God, right? Which is unfortunate. I can't stand when a Christian says, well, just God. No, there are some things that science has proven that we have to take into account. Scientifically, we see that. There's a lot of things that we take as fact, though, with science, that's not actually fact. It's still like a theory. Let's talk about evolution, not microevolution. We see that. That has been proven. Right. Macroevolution, on the other hand, has not. We have no missing link. We have no transitional fossils, right? We can still talk about... And we they can, still haven't found Sasquatch. Nope. Still haven't found Sasquatch. <laughs> I don't know if he's transitional, but I think he's just... I think he could exist. He's he can be a he or she, whatever he chooses yeah. in this. <laughs> right. They can choose what they want. Right. He can transition. She can transition a Sasquatch. That's right. There's a few things I want to say. Yeah. So what you're trying to say is that sooner or later, energy will finish. No, 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 no. Let's put it down like a baby. Right. A baby's born by energy, right? Yeah. And it grows, it builds up energy. Mm-hmm. And then as it gets older, it starts losing energy. And then finally that energy disappears. Could that be what you're trying well, to bring up well, in science? It's not like what Alan says, it transfers, right? Now we're, you're, you're talking about life and death, right? So you transfer from you to making a, another baby. And we're not talking about like spiritual energy either too, right? So it's like, no. like physically, physical so injury. think of it this way. Uh, you're, you're born, right? So mm-hmm. that's, that's energy transferring from uh, your mother or whatever, transferring to you, right? That's, that's energy being given. When you die, you become a part of the earth, within, which mm-hmm. then feeds everything else, transferring your energy. To make more energy. Yeah, yeah. and, and you're left as yeah. carbon. Yeah, you ate the but. deer, now the deer eats you. Yeah. So <laughs> in a physical sense. In a, in a physical right. sense, right. could be God be an energy? God is a spirit. That's what the Bible tells us. God is definitely a spirit. God creates energy. God is the creator of energy. From a from a Christian standpoint, from a, a biblical standpoint, right? God is the creator of all. God is the one who made something out of nothing. God's not in and he's not in space matter. And that was the end of this this thing is to understand like a watch cannot produce itself. A watch is not going to make another watch. All right? A watchmaker has to make a watch. Now watchmaker is outside of the boundaries of that watch. But, That's, a that robot, was, but a robot can make another robot. <laughs> Only before 
the person who made that <laughs> robot to make that robot. But then they kill that person and then they just <laughs> replicate. Now there's no history and there's only faith yeah. that the human ever existed. Yeah, you and that chat AI stuff, man. You can stay away from that. He's, he's been hanging out with chat GPT. Yeah. 700, 700 generations of robots later, they're like, were there people? Were I don't know. Were, <laughs> some robots believe there were. Some robots only know of robots who create robots. Yeah, they gotta just do philosophical. Is, just got to believe in God. He eh. was there first. At robot the very beginning. God. <laughs> robot God. Well, the science part of it is is something I think is in more support though because the scientist has to have the faith that science is going to eventually reveal how nothing can exist right so I say or even faith. what nothing is right and I think that that's the bigger problem however we can't do this because if you're going to make that leap towards supernatural in an argument with a naturalist they're not going to just solely believe the supernatural exists just because you made this argument but there's a plenty other arguments that you can make for supernatural so you can't that's again this is why I made that sort of that stipulation that disclaimer at the beginning don't don't just say okay i'm going to make this argument to this person who doesn't believe in miracles or the supernatural and will prove to them science is great but science is a product of god who created everything out of nothing because he is outside of space matter time because he created space matter and time but it's not going to probably be that sole point that you can just say that some people might just be like well yeah that makes absolute sense the questions I would like to get to after that, if I get to a person that says, okay, well, maybe I'll entertain the idea of an intelligent designer, maybe not Christian God, right? My next question would be, why? Why would he design anything, right? Who is it and why would he do it? That, those would be my next two questions. And that's a conversation for a whole nother day, right? But it should draw us to more questions, okay? And, and if you can get somebody to start to go, okay, maybe... I will concede that there had to be a beginning. I will concede that it takes a lot more faith for me to believe that I have to believe that this stuff existed for all time somehow when science tells me that that's not possible. Okay, I, I will have to give into that. I, I got you. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to say God was the one that created it. I'm not going to say that, which if we're talking about the entire universe, they had to be very powerful. Like the video says, they had to be. They had to be very powerful. There had to be a lot of intentionality behind it. They had to be very intelligent, um, pretty much all-knowing, right? Omniscient, omnipotent. Those are two characteristics. I wouldn't say omnipresent, but potentially you could throw that in there somehow, right? But these are all descriptions of God that we've been told that the Bible tells us. Yeah. So, and the Bible is not a scientific book. It by no means is that. That's not what it's there for. It's it's relaying a story of redemption to uh to those who will believe in it, okay? And, and, and God's sharing who he is and, and why he does what, but he's not giving us scientific, you know, theories and things like that. It's not what it's there for. Well, you know, you, you talked about the the watchmaker, but, like, in my mind, when, when we started talking about this and the, the, the argument itself, I imagined a small child with a bucket of Legos. Because I, I, I don't know if everybody at this table ever had, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but they 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 uh, their kids are very purposeful when they when they get a hold of like, even if they're just left to their own devices i know i was when i had i had i i was a lego uh, fanatic <laughs> as, a, as a kid and um you give me a bucket like, man I, I would come up with all kinds of ideas and i would have purposes for every little brick piece that i that i had and i would figure it out and then you know i'd go to show my parents and be like look what i built and they'd say oh what's the purpose for that and there would be a purpose right. for every little thing that i built even the little, the, like little hinges or yeah. anything like that. I hadn't made sure that I had a purpose for every little thing. It's just like, I just I relate that to, I mean, obviously God's way bigger than just right, some small right. child, but it's just that, that idea of you exist out outside of those Lego bricks. Yeah. 
Um, they, they weren't going to put themselves together. <laughs> no. Well, um, it's like, I mean, again, how, how does the watch get put together? How do you put yeah. a computer together? I mean, can it, the, the, the randomness of evolution in the big bang theory is amazing. When you even get into the second law of thermodynamics and you, and you're trying to, one of the things I know somebody pointed out, I thought this was brilliant. Okay. Is if, if everything, the, the big bang was thought to have started in this explosion and everything just sort of whipped out of this circular right out. But the crazy thing about it is, is if that were the case, if everything started in a circular pattern, just spun out, well, how is it that we have several planets spinning the opposite direction of other planets? And then we have other planets orbiting the opposite direction around the sun as other planets. Like we ha- it, it, it doesn't even make sense when you look at the orbits and the rotations of the planets just in our solar system. Yeah, the physics Not actually change. Not to mention <laughs> the universes themselves and how they're moving around. And, and what's going on in their own universes or their own galaxy, the other, galaxies, sorry, I just yeah. said multiverse, but the other galaxies and what's going on. So when we just look at our own laws that apply to us on earth that we know are here, that are laws that extend into the universe. These are physical laws, right? That extend into the universe. Then we should have all planets rotating in the same direction, all planets orbiting in the same direction, right? And the sun doing the same thing. Yeah, now, if, I don't know what you, that uh, would cause, but... But that's that's typically what our laws tell us that that this should happen. I mean, I imagine if you if you flush a toilet on Mars, that it would go the same. It would go the same direction, right? <laughs> I never thought about that. That's I, I'm curious. I'm curious. But uh, come on, person, Elon, get me if, there. If you lost in that example, think of a you know those merry-go-rounds, right? Yeah. And, and then when you're a kid and you're holding on, and you just you want the biggest, baddest dude to come over and start pushing that that thing. And you're like, no, don't, don't push it. Like, run with it, right? And you know, you start off and you're having fun. You're like, yay. Right, and you're all in the center, and then next thing you know, this big dude's going faster and faster and faster, and then you start to feel your butt sort of scooting out towards the edge, okay? Yeah. And then eventually, it's sort of like I'm holding on for dear life with two hands, okay? <laughs> and then if you're if you're lucky enough, you get to fly off. But when you do come flying off of that merry-go-round, you are going to spin the same direction as the direction that the merry-go-round was going as well. It's that, in the world, the whole world between and us are all. Created with atoms. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all so full of that's atoms. what yep. builds up a lot of the energy. Yep. Yeah, I mean that. That's. I'm not saying I disagree with the Big Bang per se. There's the idea with Christians will have. Well, God supplied the energy. Okay, I'm not going to argue that point. When we're talking about this, and the thing I love about this argument is it doesn't even say the word God in it. it, just says the word cause, because cause is something that comes across to a person that's more on the scientific side of things as more of like a not so intimidating number one. And that we're not here to intimidate in a sense. We're just here to have a conversation, right? I'm going to argue my point. If you're telling me that science says that anything that comes into existence has a cause, then let's apply that to the beginning of the universe because we know scientifically the universe had a beginning. So if the universe had a beginning, then we had to, we have to see scientific laws apply to that as well. Why don't we? Why don't we is my question. So if we can get somebody to say there was a cause, now the conversation is, oh, what's the cause? That's that's what we're getting to here. That's the point of, that's sort of why I wanted to talk about that tonight because I think too many times, um, I've heard too many atheists just rail on Christians to say how lacking it is in intellectual thought, how lacking we are as thinkers or critical thinkers for that matter. And, and I honestly will agree to some degree, that a lot of Christians are because we do exactly what you said, Alan. Well, God said so, right? In the verse I was going to bring up is, in the beginning, God created. 
That's Genesis 1-1, yeah. right? And it tells us right off the bat, everything from here, God did. Everything from here, God did. But that is an escape goat. Like, there is things that don't shy away from science. As a Christian, you don't have to shy away from science. Don't be afraid of it. It's a great thing. God gave us the ability to observe and experiment and use our brains. And discern. Yeah. Right? And, and if you even think about the, the first scientists in the first place, a lot of them were doing what they were doing because they were believers. A lot of them were Christians, and maybe not Christians, but deists and believers in God, in a creator of the universe. And they were doing what they're doing because they wanted to learn more about creation. Yeah, yeah they That's were, the amazing they thing. They respected the work of God. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. The, at one point you made, though, I, I loved when you were talking about um, you know evolution and things, and it's kind of the, the opposite end. Okay, so I've, I don't know. I came across plenty, a long time ago, I came across plenty of people who were Christians who basically tried to say that evolution didn't happen, that God put everything here. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't make sense. Well, why doesn't it make sense? God makes all things. Okay, that's fine. I can understand that. But right. why would God make dumb things? Well, what do you mean dumb things? Well, do you do you find yourself to be dumb? Well, no. Do you adapt to your surroundings? Well, yes. Okay, then why would God just not, why would he just make something and just say, okay, when that thing runs its course and it can no longer do its job, it dies off and I'll create something else. When he can just make something, set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. Why can't he just make a horse and go, okay, when that horse is somewhere and uh, the trees stop growing, the branches stop being as low as in this environment. Well, the, the horses with the taller and the longer necks now can eat there so they can actually keep they replicating. They become giraffes. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, why wouldn't God, being as smart as he is, right? why wouldn't he just set it and forget it? Why couldn't he just make something that evolves? And micro, micro right, 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 right. And so I, I've just, right. early on, I, I dealt with a lot of people who were like, right. There's, it's evolution or creation. And I'm like, that's right. not true. Right. You can have both. Right. They can both yeah. exist simultaneously. Yeah. I, and they absolutely do. Yeah, and I think it's. I think I find it even interesting that some evolutionists. And when I say evolutionists, understand that the ones who don't believe in God, they believe that evolution, which evolution is not the origin of the universe. That's the evolving of a species, right? Right. Um, and it, and it's and it's if you want to talk about evolution, when we specify macro evolutions, they're talking about you know seeing one species jump and turn into a complete other species, right? Yeah. We're not talking about changes within a species, and I find it interesting, like the. Uh, I forget, just the birds, the Galapagos Islands. Like evolutionists have used that to be their example because their beaks have changed over time, right? But that's the same species. The bird's the same. That, that, uh, that's they adapted, fine. They adapted their surroundings yeah. and they also adapted to not having any natural predators or right. something like that. Yes, exactly. So the reason a lot of Christians believe in God is because when Jesus came down here, he told us to believe in him. Mm-hmm. And... Is that true or not? Well, if you believe his scripture, you believe that, first of all, the reason why we believe in God is because we know who we are. I think we don't, and then this is sort of maybe getting off topic, but I'm going to say this very quickly. A lot of people believe in God. Satan believes in God. The angels believe in God. The demons of hell believe in God. It's not until we understand who we are in light of who God is, right? Until we understand that we're sinful, we're depraved, we need a savior, that's when we believe in God to the next level of where we have faith and we decide to say, hey. Could it so, be that we are creating God and believing uh, in God? Now, I will say this, and I bet Alan will attest to this, uh, that that is a claim on the other side, that God is man-made. God is man-made as a crutch, which is funny because, yeah, I needed that crutch. That crutch is exactly what I needed, and I think that's funny because the irony of saying that he's just a crutch for mankind. Well, yeah, because I'm weak and I'm fallible, and I make a lot of stupid mistakes, and I absolutely am limping a lot through my life. 
yeah, I could use Jesus the crutch. You use for that sure. thousand foot crutch. Exactly. <laughs> but I get what they're saying. That what they're saying is, is because we're scared or we're fearful or we're we don't we're, we're afraid of knowledge or we're afraid of expansion. We're afraid of growing. We're afraid of progress. We start to make up what people will say fairy tales. So we have to believe in God to keep our faith up. We we believe and in, I hope we believe in God because of what we know He did for us, and because of what He did for us, we love Him, right? And so our our faith is dead without works. That works is part of that is is following Him. We want to fulfill His law in our hearts because we know that that law in our hearts being the good thing that 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 leads us into righteousness and holiness because He's holy, we're holy. I've seen ourselves. It's, it's sometimes hard as humans to see when we're redeemed by God to continue to see ourselves as redeemed. We sometimes see ourselves as that sinful person still, and that's hard for yeah. us to grow. It's called sanctification. Sanctification is that lifelong process of growing to become more like Christ, right? Yeah. When we're trying to become more like Christ, sometimes we're trying to do that, still looking in our past going, well, I'm still that guy. I, mean, I can tell you that from experience. I, I, I've, I've had to Tell him I had to yell at myself. I'm not, I out loud one time. I was so mad at myself. I was like, I'm not that person anymore. Stop saying or thinking or seeing yourself as the person who did all those things. God saved you. He's forgiven you. Move on and move in him and live for him and serve him. And and I'm grateful for that. I I will never not be grateful for that. Um, But I, I, I get what you're saying, you know, and it is one of those things that the other side, uh, those who aren't believers, they do. They look at it as a weakness, and they look at it as ignorance in a lot of ways, too. Oh, yeah. You got something? Well, I didn't you know? know if you wanted to move forward, so I, I was yeah. going to throw something out there, but yeah. I know time is what it is. Um, just a softball pitch there. Throw it up. Or did I throw it up? And you're no, 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 no. Here we go. No, I will say that this uh, conversation has evolved. But um, <laughs> where is it? <laughs> and, uh, hey, Austin. Do we have that? Yeah. But try it again, Alan, real quick. <laughs> I have to say that this conversation <laughs> evolved. He still missed. I ah, man, oh. that's it. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna move on. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, He'll get it later. <laughs> that's it. What if? All right. What if the universe is a sandbox? Okay. God doesn't care about the sandbox but he cares about humanity and all living things here. What if our God is God over people, not over the universe? What, what about that? So why would you say that? I'm just saying, what, like, I mean, so I'm just trying to know why you're asking that question. I'm just, no, it's not to pick it apart. It's not, it's not to break it down, but I've, right. I've thought about this concept before, right? We think of God in context to us. We think mm-hmm. in God of God in context to our planet. Right. Um, the life. We don't think about the rock. Right. We don't think right. about what God thinks about cobalt. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, but we think about how God affects our lives previously, you know, previous and after mm-hmm. during obviously. But uh, what if God exists solely for the people, for people, you know? And Instead so we don't have the universe. What if the universe is a giant sandbox and God is like, Hey, Go play in it. I don't know what this stuff is. I don't care. Oh, okay. This stuff doesn't gotcha. matter I gotcha. to me. I got gotcha. you. I I came. <laughs> right, right. I don't care. This is my focus, and this is all I care about. And this is this is my total existence is right here. The people. The people. Yeah. Yes. I totally agree with that. I think the sandbox though is for us to play in. 
So I think he created all of this for us because he loves us this much. So why are we created? Because he's a relational being. Now that will go down into the Trinity doctrine. You have to talk about that. And there's a lot of great stuff on that. But believing he's a triune God, they were in relationship, right? One God, three persons. And in, in those three persons, they were in relationship. They didn't need us. They wanted us. He created us because he loves us, because he wanted us. So God never needed us. But I agree with you completely. He created this sandbox, threw us in it because he wanted to have a relationship with us. Now, free will came is something that he did allow. Otherwise, there is no love without free will. Can't have love without free will. It's just not possible. Well, I'm playing with the idea that the sandbox was here and he wandered into it. Oh. Yes. Such what? as you built the terrarium in your house. Right. Yes, you uh, created life here. You care about the life here. You change and adapt and, and do everything you can to it. But you didn't necessarily build the apartment that it's in. So my question would be, how did the sandbox get here? I mean, that's that's right. up for debate. But I'm just saying, right. can we even, if, if we're going to ask somebody yeah. who is looking at it from a scientific perspective to say, hey, God made this, right. can we also accept that maybe God didn't make that, but God exists inside of something that's greater than God? Sure. I, uh, well, I, I would, I would, I wouldn't go that route. But one of the things that humanists or naturalists will argue this is that there is no God because there is no God. There's no free will. Because there's no free will, there's no purpose. We shouldn't even be asking why questions. I actually just my first podcast episode and yeah. for it makes sense was actually on three questions, right? Um, do we have purpose? What happens when we die? Uh, and I can't even remember the first question. I don't know why I keep blanking on those. But one of the things that the guy kept adding, this guy was a, a, a naturalist. One of the qu- things he kept saying was, <laughs> it was so funny. Well, we shouldn't even be asking these questions. Why? It doesn't really matter. It's just how. And that's really when you look at somebody who doesn't believe in God, everything's about how for them. They don't want to approach why because why starts to get into those transcendent questions. Why do I have purpose? Well, where's my purpose come from? Well, if I don't believe in a God and there's nothing outside of me, then purpose has got to come within me. And then, well... I screw everything up. So how does purpose come? So people just tend to want to stay away from those why questions, or there's these temporary ideas of purpose that they have, making it from one goal to the next goal, to the next goal, to the next goal. But when they run out of goals and because they don't feel there's any purpose in their life, there's a lot of issues that happen at that point. So the idea is, is what is my overarching purpose? Why am I here? Why am I created? Yeah. Well, that's very simple for Christians. We're created because we we're here to worship God. We're here as image bearers. We're here to, to know and finally believe and understand this hole in my heart is I've been missing him because sin has created a separation between me and God. And that sin, creating that separation, requires me to need to feel this hole. Well, God sent his son to die for me, to die for those sins, which then fills that gap, that hole once I accept that. And because I'm accepting that, he shows me, he reveals to me, this is your purpose. Your purpose is several things, but ultimately is to glorify me. And glorifying me is not just one thing. It's not just living on earth and just saying, oh, I love Jesus and going around and just telling everybody that. That glorifying is living in him and what his goal is and what his purposes are and what he is desiring to see for all humanity. Because we don't know who's going to accept Christ and who's not. So our job is to tell everybody. This is why people have such a hard time with evangelicals is because we want to tell everybody, not because we want to throw our beliefs and opinions on others for control, because we know what God saved us from. We want everybody else to feel the same, save, the, the, that same salvation, that same experience of forgiveness, because regardless of how good you think you are, deep down inside, we all know there's things we screw up on. There's things that we mess up. There's things that we feel guilty for or shame for. And because we're created the way we are, I, I think this is the craziest thing. People say, well, 
Why is there good in the world? Why is there evil in the world? Well, evil in the world because sin exists. There's good in the world because God exists. Everything good is a fingerprint and evidence of God's existence. You have the great good qualities of who you are because God's fingerprints on you because you're his Picasso, right? And I'm not trying to say that because Picasso does all these weird, crazy, you know, sort of surreal paintings, okay? You're a very handsome man, all right? I already told you that earlier. I sent you all those other emojis. Okay. All right. So anyways. (laughs) um, I don't like to reiterate to everybody this information. Just keep it moving. (laughs) Uncomfortable there. Um, (laughs) But I think we have to have this idea that when we're talking to somebody who just doesn't believe in God, there's a lot of implications. I don't even think they take into consideration. When there's no God, where do we get our ethics and morals from? If we're depending on human beings for that, why haven't we evolved from evil? We've been around for a while. Maybe not as, yeah. you know, depending on what you believe, if it's a young earth or an old earth. We've been around for a while. Why do we still do evil if we know it's wrong? Depends what you, depends how we just, oh, so, okay. The perception of evil is really what we're looking at, mm-hmm. right? I mean, one thing that's evil to you is completely different when they tell you the story, right? That's why they say that the, the winners, uh, the, the victors always give you the history. Uh, everybody's point of view is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because you see somebody, I don't know, rob a place, it doesn't mean that they're trying to make sure that those people don't have the money as much as they're trying to make sure their kid's eating, right? There uh, are those uh, There are those situations that you would talk about, right? But, yeah. but, those, are, but right. those are like a high percentage mm-hmm. chance of what we would consider evil if we were the victim of it. Um, then there's... Pure oh, evil. So you're saying if we're the victim of it, but what if we're removed from that? What if we're not the victim of it, but we know somebody robbed somebody else? I mean, it depends. I mean, a lot of people would still look at it as evil. Right. Because they don't know the certain, they see the action without seeing the circumstance. Right. Right. And, then, and then where does that moral standard come from? That's the issue, right? Yeah, I mean, right. we're, we are all, I mean, typically we, as a human, as humans, period, mm. uh, just like several species, we are a community species. We are a communal species. Mm-hmm. We typically, that's why when you see, Generally speaking, something happened to someone who's handicapped, for instance. Mm-hmm. It is natural, even among inmates, murderers, right. things like that. They will they will stand up for that person. Right. Right. right? We are a communal species. Um, but again, if we see something, we see the action. We don't understand the, the underlying circumstance. So by and large, most of the mm-hmm. things that we see as evil or bad is usually a circumstance of their life and it's our perception and their perception of their own lives mm-hmm. that they're trying to overcome. Then there is actual pure evil, I think. Right. But even then, even if we drop the big, uh, the big H guy from Germany and we say that's mm-hmm. pure evil, his perception was that he was not being evil. Right. And that's the problem though, isn't it? Right. Right. The, so the problem with that is that if, if we believe what Sam Harris an atheist says, we're just doing everything for the well being of human beings. My question is, is who's defining that well being? You or Hitler? I mean, we are, as a communal species, we, we actually, all animals have instincts, period. And right. we, are, we are not above being an animal in some in way, shape, and form. Right. But do we put a lion in jail for murdering a wildebeest? Do we put a lion in jail for, right. for murdering a wildebeest? Is, do a we lion? consider a lion killing a water buffalo murder? Well, because we don't consider them to be on the same level as us, so we don't. Well, we, well, we, 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 can, we consider them just to be animals, right? Yes. I mean, there, uh, they, that, that would be in the next question. How are we distinct? Are we distinct from any other species? Because if there is no God, why are we distinct? Why do we think the way we do? 
I, 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 t- I tell a person who tries to tell me that morality is subjective. I'll say, well, okay, if morality is subjective, I'm going to go to your house tonight. You leave your front door open. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to steal every flat screen TV in your house. I'm going to leave it. Would that man I'm, be I'm going to take it out. What's that? Would he be able, able if he's stealing because he's starving? No. Well, that's you're getting to his point about starving and everything. That's, that is a conversation to be had, right? If they're breaking the law, that's the law of that land. But when we're talking about stealing on the sense of trying to feed our children, that can be a debatable point. But we're talking about objective moral failures, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about ones that aren't subjective. We're talking about objective ones. Now, there's a consequence to everybody stealing anything at any time, depending on the country you're in. And it doesn't matter the reason. And that's why we have levels of punishment, okay? But when we're talking about the rape of children, when we're talking about human trafficking, right? Now, we know that there's societies out there that were okay with murdering their kids. So here's the question. If everything's subjective, if people that the Aztecs who, let's just use the Canaanites. The Canaanites sacrificed their kids to their gods, Molech, okay? Yeah. All right. What, would everybody here at this table agree that that's evil? I think it's kind of bad. Okay. Would you? I mean, as a general rule, but that's but you're you're applying today's social norms to to another society, so that that changes everything. Am I applying? Am I applying today's, or would somebody twenty years ago or twenty years from now also believe the same thing? Uh, that would still land inside of today's. That's that's okay. today's culture then, being applied. Then let's talk about centuries ago. We see that in politics all the time. Right. That's why I'm bringing it up. No, I, I agree with you, but here's the thing: I think across all time, we reject those types of societies. They thought it was okay. That's my point. They thought it was okay. But the surrounding societies if, of the time. If everything <laughs> was subjective, would we even have the words right and wrong in our vocabulary? Would those have even been created at any point? If we take away morality, are we nothing more than robots that are doing exactly what we should be doing just to survive to the next day? Do we even hope to live to the next day or are we just living? Do animals hope to live to the next day or are they just surviving as the inborn instincts that they yeah, have? surviving. We don't operate like that. Does art help us survive? Is being gay good for the survival of our species? Do you see what I'm talking about? Like we don't, yeah. those things aren't applied to the animal kingdom. Do we sit and appreciate music for the survival of ourselves? Maybe mentally, but as far as physical survival, that does nothing for us. Art, music, those types of appreciations, other kinds of appreciations that we have, those aren't applied to the animal kingdom. They don't do those things. But, but you're also applying that the the wealth of of our of a people that isn't consistent along all cultures across the entire you know, no, across there the entire different world. Different appreciations for in different cultures or anything. But again, going back to the fact that if we believe in subjective morality, we have no place to tell any civilization of any time that what they did was wrong. But I'm saying your comparison right? falls through when you look at like a really poor country where people are technically surviving every single day and they will kill to get anything they need to survive. Right. Right. Situation. Okay. That's again a situational thing, but when we're talking about objective morality, okay, all right, there there is a baseline of objective morality, and we can only get that through an, a a moral lawgiver. Otherwise, it, it, if falls if, in the fact that we're a communal species and that killing off our own kind isn't okay, but that's fine. But if there's no objective morality, because it can't be both ways, it can't be subjective and objective, right? I mean, you're right to that extent. So it has to be one or the other. But you're saying that that is passed down from something greater than us, not us as a species just saying this is not okay because of the fact that it doesn't further our species. What I'm saying is from the beginning of time, we wouldn't even have these things. There would be no need for morality if we were with, if God didn't exist. Uh, of necessity of people. I mean, unless you're just saying people don't exist without God, but but the necessity of other people's skills and 
and things that they can provide have, have done that. That's the reason why, for instance, we have dogs, right? There was right. necessity. It wasn't just because a dog said, eh, I don't want to eat that person. Right. That no, no, I agree. So people are the yeah. same way. I mean, this person provides a skill or an ability right. or the ability to right. procreate. Right. Therefore, we need to actually bond with those people and we need to protect those right. people and we need to actually build from that. So, Which is evidence of God. Again, you're going back to everything is God. That's evidence of God. That's what I'm saying, though. But that's what I'm saying is you're, a person this, who a person who lives who okay a person who claims subjective morality does not live that life. Nobody that's, does. That's not necessarily true. I mean, no, again, nobody nobody lives a, so anybody who who lives in life has morals, right? I would. They're objective to them, maybe. Yes. Maybe not. Okay. We'll say that. We'll, we'll Can go, they not thought it was objective morality for them to kill their babies, right? If they believe so, yes. Okay. If they believe so, right? There, there's morals into. They throw atomic bomb here, and then we become animals to survive. Right. So, right. Well, well, I would even believe if there was a nuclear war, we would that, all still be, we would all still have these object, these morals, because again, I believe God exists, so we would still have these morals. Not everybody would have those morals. No, no, you're right. Not everybody does. You're you're absolutely right. There are psychos out there. There are people out there to kill people. No, I completely agree with you. Or right. people that no, actually break and, and become psychos yeah, because no, of the, their situation. Situational psychos. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Well, my my point here is, and I think what you're misunderstanding with me is that objective morality prevents us from having lived this chaotic world that we li- don't live in. Like, yeah, we see sin is rampant. We see psychos. That's part of sin. The reason why people choose to do evil things that they consider to be good is because they're sinful. We live in a broken world. We live in a sinful world. And that sin has created, has tainted what was perfect when God created. And going back to God in the sandbox, I don't believe in the sandbox idea because everything he created was good. Because he said everything he created was good. Even man, before he sinned. And he even still believes in that because he sent us Jesus. If he didn't believe man was still good, then he wouldn't have sent Jesus. Now, we're still sinful natured after the fall. And that's why we have people in civilizations that do these wrong things. And that's exactly why we can't depend on them for our morals. We can't depend on ourselves for those morals. Because if we do, we do have those societies that decide, you know what, maybe it's okay that we kill 62 million babies before they even come out of the womb. And I think in the interest of time, I think we're, 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 we're over into the politics portion. I think, is that far? far Maybe that was a jump right there. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. (laughs) So we, we, because we, we, we we, we rolled this very good conversation, by the way, guys, I I love that back and forth. I was good, man. Yeah. Um, so that's why I just kind of let it play out. I, just, I wanted to be more of an observer with this because this, this was a very good conversation. I think it's a lot of conversation that needs to be had. See how civil this was. You can do this. It can be done. It can be done. I mean, I love this guy. I really do. Yeah, yeah. So, Alan, yeah. Alan and I are going to have more future conversations. I can't wait. <laughs> um, hmm. But yeah, I think Sterling, we're 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 probably we're in we're in the, we're getting that full first hour. I think yeah, <laughs> we're right there. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're talking about you know people doing things wrong, and and, and I equate that to being Democrat. Um, so. <laughs> Hey, we agree. <laughs> it's an objective truth, right? <laughs> it's an objective truth. <laughs> we agree. Uh, uh, so our first story tonight uh, comes from the Daily Caller, and uh, the White House issues woman's award to biological man on International Women's Day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, the title alone from this article breaks my brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, just two years ago, would, would anybody in the room have thought that they would read this headline? This just proves the patriarchy exists. 
<laughs> All the best women are men. <laughs> men are kicking tail right now. Yeah, take that, ladies. We do everything better, <laughs> apparently. Wow. I know I said that, but I <laughs> I'm being proven well, right. <laughs> this is going to be clipped out of context oh, by somebody, geez. and they're oh. going to edit it together. And yeah, I'm, it's so. satire. It's satire, y'all. Babylon B. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, the White House issued an award to Alba Rueda, mm. a biological man, on International Women's Day during 20, the 2023 International Woman of Co- Courage Awards. Rueda is Argentina's special envoy for sexual orientation and gender identity. In the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. My goodness, that's a mouthful. Um, I think there's more, isn't there? Isn't there more? (laughs) (laughs) I can't go Alan into anything tonight. Um, So Rueda is is responsible for (laughs) the country's adoption of the Transgender Labor Quota Act, which reserved 1% of uh, public sector jobs in Argentina for transgender people, according to the State Department press release. Um, uh, quote, uh, now in, in this uh, 17th year, the Secretary of the State's uh, IWOC Award uh, recognizes women for from women from around the world, the globe, rather, um, who have demonstrated exceptional courage, strength, and leadership advocating for peace, justice, human rights, gender equality, and gender equity and equality. Those two get conflated so much nowadays. They mm-hmm. do. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. That's a whole other thing. Uh, and the empowerment of women and girls. And all their diversity, uh, there, there's just there's just women. There's that's just it. Uh, there's, there's nothing else. Uh, often at great personal risk and sacrifice. That was uh, from the press release. Um, in Argentina, Alba Rueda is a transgender woman. This is also part of the quote. Uh, Alba Rueda is a transgender woman who has uh, was kicked out of classrooms, barred from sitting uh, for exams, refused job opportunities, subjected to violence, and rejected by. There, it says her family, but it's his family. It's a, it's an, it's a male. Okay, guys. Yeah. Um, Secretary of Defense Kathleen Hicks uh, said, as Ruidas Ruidas received, my goodness, that's a hard name to say. Ruida received the award from the First Lady Jill Biden and Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say a Blinken? Mm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Sorry, it was just it was popped into my head. Uh, quote, uh, but in the face of these challenges, she worked, he worked to uh, to end violence and discrimination against the LGBTQI plus, I, man, that thing just keeps getting alphabet soup, um, community in Argentina. Several leftist inv- individuals and organizations celebrated International Women's Day by upholding biological men, including the ACLU of Indiana. Thanks, Indiana. <laughs> That's our home state. Uh, De- uh, Democrat Representative Cory Bush and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. I'm not surprised by Justin Trudeau. No. Old, old, old mm. Prime Minister blackface. Oh, got mm. me. <laughs> I was going that way. Hey, bro. you got the you got the the good conversation. I get the jokes that this was, time. That was yeah. good. That was That's good. A fair trade off. I was like, ah, no, he got <laughs> me on the blackface. Uh, so, what do we think about a guy getting? Um, Woman's Award on International Women's Day. I think, I think she's brave. Courage. <laughs> she had courage. So, so much courage. Courage. So much. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't I, do it. I just, I just, <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I would hate to be a woman right now. Like, but I just. You, but you totally uh, can be. You I just mean, I throw on be. a dress, you know. I, I, but, I mean, I would be so pissed off. I don't understand. I was just talking, actually, to my daughter about this, and 
there was a video going around, a viral video going around of a guy having a conversation. And he, he was asked if who, who would he have sex with the, the most beautiful trans woman in the oh, world. Yeah. That's on the at whatever podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Or an old woman. He was like, no, I, I, I had sex with the old, the oldest lady in the world because I'd be gay. If I, I at least sex. wouldn't be gay. Yeah. yeah. And the yeah. two girls just went off on, I mean, these are actually yeah. biological females. And actual women. That, Part of the like, brainwashing, yeah. Oh, what? In you, the world. I love the ones like, you wouldn't be gay. And he's like, how would I not how be would gay? Be, it's still a dude. It's a dude. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't be around you. You're just hateful. But that's the thing, that's right? That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> as long as you and that trans person are in the same place, seems like my day is all right. <sighs> they, they took for they, me. They, 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 they snagged a hold of logic, looked at it for a second, and then just tossed it behind them. I don't need that. It doesn't make sense. And they're the party <laughs> of science. That's what doesn't make sense to me. It's like, I don't get that. No, that doesn't make sense. I don't get that. It's, it, does, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so frustrating. Might, might have to do that as a segment on your show. Yeah, it, it, it will, will come up, I'm sure. It, it <laughs> boils my blood. It yeah. really does. The party of science doesn't seem to understand chromosomes, but no. they act like they have an extra one. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is a really good way well, of putting it, that, Alan. Okay, you remember back in the day, there there was, I was gay or I was uh, trans, tra- uh, cross-dresser or, or transvestite, right? Yeah, so you just dressed up as a woman, right? But you didn't believe you were actually a woman. You just dressed up as a woman. You just thought you looked pretty right. dressed like a woman. Right, okay. Yeah. So so now the transvestite, I guess, no longer exists because you don't actually have to claim to be a woman and then change into that woman, which, you know, you can't obviously change into a woman, yeah. but get the, the parts added or chopped off or whatever you want to do. Okay, you don't even have to do that anymore. Like the swimmer, right, Leah, didn't just... There's, the oh, more stuff has been coming out of the bathroom. Willie, yeah. Willie Thomas, you know, right, right, Alan? right, yeah, Willie Thomas, <laughs> walking around the bathroom, just you know, naked, but naked, and I'm like, how does how how does anybody look at that and go, there's no way? I heard of a volleyball team that was kicked out of their locker room for the mm-hmm. guy that was on their volleyball team. They were we we're uncomfortable. Well, too bad. You you're gonna have to go dress somewhere else. He gets the whole locker room, the whole girls' locker room to himself. I'm like, oh my I battle, gosh! I like that internationally. They, they, as of this week, can compete in powerlifting. Oh, well, well, that's how Zuby got his thing going, right? This is the Zuby claimed to be a girl, went in and broke the British record for power for uh, what is it called? Deadlift. Walked out, said he was a man. I mean, that that's how. You, I mean, well, right now yeah. they're still fighting. They're still fighting mm-hmm. to play in. Women's sports. Yeah. They're trying to overturn the judges in oh, Washington, yeah. D.C. Yeah. Yeah. And right now, Washington said, and I forgot the state that they wanted to play in um, soccer and sports. It's not going to happen in Florida, I tell you that. Yeah. And um, so. they said that um, they're going to let them play for now while Washington decides what they're going to do about that. Yeah. Well, you know, once all the records are unattainable by actual biological women, they'll they'll get rid of them. They don't yeah. give up. They keep. It's, it's insane. Okay. It's it's crazy. What I watched, uh, there's something on track. I was watching something that had to do with track, and they were like showing how a guy who transitioned in a mile, four laps, right? And these people are running these laps in slightly over a minute or right at a minute on average. Yeah, one by a minute. <laughs> <laughs> one <laughs> one by a whole minute. Wow. Well, so they had the two high school sprinters. Yep, the know, high school sprinters. Yeah, two guys. Oh, they finished first and second. Oh, yeah. go figure. Yeah, yeah, by a mile too. 
My word. Oh, it's just, it's yeah, just. They finished by a mile in the 100 meter. Right. That's yeah. what was so, yeah, impressive. That's, that's so impressive. <laughs> Four laps versus a quarter of well, a lap. But they did it. And then, I mean, and this here, Louis, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's the, it's the White House, man. That's, that's our, yeah. uh, that's our president's home, right? Right. And then, and they're is, is, issuing this to a guy on International Women's yeah. Day. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a whole new holiday that I, I didn't know actually yeah, existed until boats. this year. That's all it is. They're looking for boats. A woman, a woman's award given by a woman to a man. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> I don't know. No, actually did. I just had to, I had to it. It must make the woman. Did y'all hear about the, well, y'all did, didn't y'all talk about the guy? Brings woman, that, which guy? That was in the pageant. Yeah. The, yeah. That went in the pageant. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the guy I, can't, was, I can't remember so what Patrick I think it, was, it was. Yes, it was a dude. Somebody who, on Daily yeah. Wire was like, he wouldn't have won if, like, there's, like, even if it was okay, he was, he still shouldn't have won. He was <laughs> not, a, not a good looking man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, not, it's not even remotely passable. <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean, you know, and, and maybe I'm a lot more sensitive to that because I have a daughter who competes in sports mm-hmm. and I go, you know, she's. I was looking at the prospect of her having to be in a co-ed oh, yeah. league. Oh, yeah. And I'm going, you know, I didn't, as a parent, I didn't care about my daughter competing against boys. Right. As a coach, I was like, well, I don't want these boys just running these girls off the court. And, right. you know, whoever has their boys in longer wins the game. Right. So, you know, maybe I'm a little more. I, my daughter, my daughter that. plays volleyball and there was, she's played against a boy, two teams already that have a boy on the team. All right. Luckily for her, this, they weren't that good. Okay. There was a girl that had facial fractures from a boy that spiked a ball into her face in a game because he hit it so hard. Like, they're just not used to that. Like, if you get somebody out there, I'm not saying all, you know, there are some this girls out there. That they're can, not saying, he's not saying yeah. all of one all, and all right. of another and like that, but right. you have a lot of gray yeah. in there where there's yeah. a huge difference. But there are some sports and some things where you just, you can't, like, MMA. <laughs> That one MMA fighter out there oh destroying girls. Yeah, I mean, just it just we're oh, built different. Just the, a broken orbital bone. Come on, it's not that big. Yeah, of a yeah. deal. There used to be an entire right. show about uh, getting uh, p- putting people in jail for for that. Those cops. I'm just thinking, oh, like, yeah. what is what does a show like <laughs> Battle of the Sexes look like now? Right. <laughs> You're like, this is completely different type of show. It's not yeah. men versus women. It's <laughs> we're just trying to guess what you guys are. Yeah. <laughs> they both I, have dresses on. I don't know. I <laughs> see commercials. There was one commercial with something that was titled "Her," and I'm like, well, what is her? Like, you oh, know, no. like what? What? I don't understand That's how you guys can keep saying this because you, I, I don't think that you know how to define it. So why would you even? Yeah. If anybody could be anything, why would we even have definitions? Yeah, I think Matt Walsh did a fantastic job on that. What oh, is a woman man, was documentary? And um, so well put together. It's, it's it's almost too bad that he couldn't extend that into a part two because that no, yeah. um, with Hershey doing their uh, her she oh bar, my gosh. Um, which was also <laughs> represented by a transgender, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> it it bar, doesn't make any chocolate sense. Chocolate bar celebrating, you know, Women's Month. Presented on a commercial by a transgendered man. Yeah. It's something else. Louis is speechless. He's like, nope. (laughs) Can't do this world anymore. This world is really changing. I Mm. I don't care how it came about, but I can't do this world anymore. (laughs) Tip it. (laughs) Hey, man. We have to have a conversation with God on that one. (laughs) He's letting it happen for some reason. Certainly destructive. Speaking of things that are destructive... Uh, our second uh, article of the night comes from Washington Examiner. 
Um, the Atlanta police charged 23 people following attack on police and fire training center. At least 23 people have been charged in connection to the violent protest at the construction site of the planned Atlanta police and fire training center in Georgia. Police officials announced on Monday. The suspects were charged with at least one count of domestic terrorism after throwing Molotov cocktails, bricks, and fireworks at the law enforcement officers. Uh, protesters also set fires at the facility, police said. Uh, 35 people were arrested after the incident on Sunday, but it's not uh, it's not clear whether all 35 will be charged. Um, quote, uh, there, the, this was not a protest, uh, uh, but the Atlanta Police Department officials yeah. said at a, at a press conference Sunday night, "quote uh, This wasn't about public train about a public training center. This was about anarchy." Um, the arrests that uh, was end quote. The arrests occurred at the South River Forest, uh, also known as the uh, Wallany Forest, uh, where some of the protesters who opposed the new training facility had gathered peacefully. On one side of the forest, held approximately a thousand people. At a music festival. On the other side, however, several hundred people uh, marched to the cons- uh, construction site, according to event organizers. Quote, music is not a crime. Protest is not a crime. People lawfully ex- uh, exercising First uh, Amendment rights cannot be held criminally liable for their actions, of, of, for the actions of others. End quote. The Atlanta uh, Solidarity Fund said in, in a statement, many of the uh, people arrested were uh, from out of state and two were from out of the country. One protester was, that says, I think all you need to know right there, that two people were from out of the country. Um, Most of them were out of the state, from what I understand, that were yeah. arrested. One was from France, uh, one from Canada, uh, according to the list of arrests uh, by WSBTV. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene is planning to introduce legislation that seeks to uh, uh, designate uh, Antifa as a domestic terrorist organization, calling the protesters at Sunday's riot Antifa. But it's not uh, clear what evidence Green has that ties the organization to the recent protests. I just love the English language, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Police charged 23. Right? Mm-hmm. But that was after 23 charged the police. <laughs> yeah. I love I love yeah. the English language and how we can flip that around. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Bad joke. It was just hilarious in my How's head. that for objective yeah. truth? <laughs> I follow a lot of Instagram accounts that are like that on <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but I do. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, these people, I mean, did they have their permit? Mm-mm. That's no. what matters. In well, the, the yeah. people with the music festival did. Yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah. A thousand people, there were a thousand people at the yeah. music festival and they sure had their permit and they were doing their protest and it was peaceful. And I think that, that I, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. All day long. Now, the chief was right when he said that these were criminals, not protesters. They, I mean, and that's how it was for the summer of 2020, the summer of love, right? Yeah. Um, that was, th- those weren't protesters, th- even though they were mostly peaceful. Now that we're finding out the January 6th was mostly peaceful. Um, you know, I mean, like those, those people that went to Atlanta I mean, earlier, I mean, you, I know you guys heard that the one guy was killed and they tried to sit there and blame him on the cops. He shot at the cop. Right. Right. He, he shot, shot at the cop. And, and the, the cops were retaliated. And he, and, and he returned fire. What do you expect is going to happen? Yeah. He's a criminal. I'm sorry. I don't like that anybody died. But if you're going to shoot at a cop, expect to get shot back. Yeah. Oh, I like that that guy died. No, I'm I'm not there with you on that one. But <laughs> I, I, just, I, I get the sentiment. But I, I know <laughs> I don't like that he died. I'm, but at the same time, that's Alan. That's morality. what he expected. I mean, that, expect that. I just mm. would. I wish they would have left him there in the woods so that his energy 
<laughs> Could have went right back into the earth there. Right? <laughs> Those poor deer. Evolution at its best. <laughs> like this grass tastes angsty. <laughs> <laughs> or the next day it's like, ooh, that that, <laughs> that fired at me. <laughs> that fired back at me. <laughs> Mm. Oh, oh man, this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> mm. Sorry, guys. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. Well, they, they get better. They get better. <laughs> well, we talked about objective truths uh, on on early in this episode, and um, some things happened potentially uh, on on a date of uh, January sixth, twenty twenty one. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, we were told it was an insurrection, and we were shown clips. That's what you were talking about. I thought you were saying that that's the day that Nancy Pelosi finally sobered up from New Year's. <laughs> Sorry. No, uh, she figured out how to do insider about trading even better. Out a week. Out a week. She figured out insider trading even better. But yeah, we were told that it was an insurrection. Uh, only shown video uh, clips of the videos. Uh, but then uh, there's this fantastic man on Fox News named Tucker Carlson. And he was able to get a hold of... Um, uh, all the tapes, several thousand hours of 60,000. Um, I, I think it was like 40,000, 400,000. It's like, it's a, it's a lot. Yeah. We, 40. We, we were, we couldn't figure that out the other night on yeah. my show. Yeah. <laughs> 40, 400. I don't know. It's more than you want to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most footage you've ever seen anywhere. Uh, <laughs> trust me. Of a guy um, wearing horns on his head. Yeah. Um, so, I think we're going to take a little bit of a look into that. Uh, I might have you pause it a few times there, Sterling, so be prepared for that so that we can kind of discuss it as it goes on. Um, But if you wouldn't mind pulling that up. These are the pictures you've seen of January 6th. They're familiar because they've been playing on a loop on every media outlet in America for the last two years. There's a reason for that. But it turns out there's quite a bit of video you haven't seen. Mm. And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. More than 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from in and around the Capitol have been withheld from the public. And once you see the video, you'll understand why. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes mm, that claim. Kind of looks like a walkthrough. And that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media Tour. prevented you from seeing it. By what controlling it the images you were allowed to view from January 6th, they controlled how the public understood that day. They could lie about what happened, and you would never know the difference. Those lies had a purpose. They created a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible. The first thing you notice from viewing the full video yeah. record of January 6th so is just how many mm-hmm. people entered the Capitol building that so day. So organized. Hundreds and hundreds of people, possibly thousands, over the course of about two hours. The crowd was enormous. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again. But the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists, they were sightseers. Sightseers. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the Speaker's office. 
They take cheerful selfies and they smile. I mean, that's what anybody. They're not destroying the Mm Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol, especially with the lectern. They're there because they believe the election (laughs) was stolen from them. They believe in the system. Here's the man you've heard referred to as the QAnon shaman outside the Senate chamber. These are not rioters. These are people who wandered over from a political rally. We will not let them silence your voices. After the rally, they walked down Pennsylvania Avenue, where organizers had secured a federal permit to hold a legal rally on the grounds of the Capitol. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Once at the Capitol building, things begin. Peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. We heard it. Have you ever heard that on any other network than Fox? Nope. Nope. Did you hear that uh, the um, just came out? I think it just came out today or yesterday on another one of these, I guess, where the Kyonan Shaman was outside really? relaying. Yeah, they're going to show this one. Was that that? Do you have that on here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, okay. yeah. let's All go right. ahead. And, I won't jump uh, ahead. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, pop back on. Let's and to get chaotic, Capitol Police officers fired tear gas into the crowd. A few at the front of the herd broke windows. Someone opened the doors, and many hundreds of Democrats. others just walked in. Of course, they did make it the story. And at the center of it, the single most famous person arrested that day was a Navy veteran from Arizona called Jacob Chansley, often referred to as the QAnon shaman. The so-called QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Someone named Q shaman. Jacob Chansley became the face of January 6th, a dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these That's crimes, cool. Chansley was sentenced to nearly four <laughs> years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? He put pain on Nothing. To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened he once he got it. inside. That's it. Virtually every moment of his time They're inside the Capitol everything. was caught on tape. The tape show... The Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. Yeah, they helped check him. Out this they acted as his tour guides. Oh, this one's locked. Here's this video of Chansley in the yeah, Senate right. chamber. Yeah. Capitol Police officers take him to oh, multiple darn. entrances and even try to open <laughs> locked doors for him. Didn't die that we day. counted at least nine yeah. officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. I do want to note, he does state that they took him to multiple entrances. Yes. Right? So, for sake of argument, other than the rest of the video you see. Yes. During actual de-escalation tactics, you would guide him to try to get him out of the building. Right. So at some point they were like, all right, this guy isn't doing anything very, isn't doing anything bad. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with it, but let's see if we can just get him to mm. leave. <laughs> okay. I mean, they could have forced him, but they didn't. And he wasn't causing a problem. Yeah. But it's just, they were trying to de-escalate and move him out. But he didn't do anything like they said he did. Yeah. I think the man deserves an Oscar and a, an Academy Award. <laughs> oh. I think the police officer who supposedly got crushed in a door who's actually walking with him deserves one of those, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Free Jacob. Okay. Let's get arrested. Ansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for paying the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us into the building. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th 
the indisputable facts recorded on video, some of which has never before been seen, with the depiction of Jacob Chansley that you've seen in the media for more than two years. He's a terrorist, they said. He should be killed. Shoot him. Yeah. Shoot him. Why? Like, right. if it, yeah. you burst into the United States, States. What do you want? if he was dressed like bin Laden, would he have shot him? Shoot him. Shoot mm. him. <clears throat> it makes you wonder, who are the violent extremists here? Not Jacob Chansley. And the video proves that. But you would never have known from the media coverage. The people in sitting in the chairs American flag. need to be sitting in a jail cell. Chansley is in a jail cell. He's been there for months. If he was, in fact, committing such a grave crime, why didn't the officers who were standing right next to him place him under arrest? They were their buddies. Until now, no one could even <laughs> prove that even happened. But it did. Okay, Subscribe. That's, that's the end of that one. There. I can't tell you how mad it makes me when I hear it. If he looked like, if he looked like, how about if he acted like? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, I don't understand that those are the same people who are saying that police officers are bad and they shoot and kill you know, certain races at a higher rate when statistically it doesn't really, mm. whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not what you look like. It's what you act like. And, and that's, that's what they want. That, and that's what they want us to focus on while they continue to tell us to focus on whether it's skin color or the, how they dress or nationality or culture or ethnicity or whatever. Like he brings that up knowing it's about how you act, but yeah. So but what if why he do look, you want me to focus like on a how you look? Woman? What if you look like a blonde woman who happened to just climb through a window? Oh, because oh, yeah. they had no problem yeah. shooting that person. Yeah, yeah. Ashley Babbitt. How about yeah. if he would have been black wearing that outfit? You think he would have got through all those? I'm surprised he didn't yeah. say that. Well, I, I, I did notice just one crime that, that he, he committed that day. What was that? That outfit. That was. That was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he called the fashion police because that was not a good choice. <laughs> I, sw- I, I sort of I envy the horns. I'm not going to lie, though. The horns are pretty amazing. Yeah, those are pretty cool. And the the stars on his yeah. face are on point. Someone yeah. put that on his face. There's yeah. no way he did that himself. It's too uh, on point. Yeah. It's good. I think the, those cops were very professional when they were there. Yeah. Them. Except for shooting McGee, the one <laughs> shooting McGee. <laughs> it's like, oh, that hey, one guy. Yeah, he probably yeah. panicked. Yeah, he, he um, yeah the, the 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 officer that uh, shot Ashley Babbitt, he actually doesn't uh, witness her coming through the window. She's actually coming through a window to stop someone else. Yeah, mm-hmm. and as she does, she pulls the and pulls that other person away. Um, she's actually leaning tor- towards the window at that point. He's got the gun just kind of waving around a corner, shaking his hand. So that's there's no there's no professional. Why does he even have his job? I have no idea. There uh, was he's actually nothing. A hero. There was. No. I, I yeah. know, why does he have? There was. There's no. There's no opportunity, means, or intent. There's no way he could have explained that. You can't tell me because all these people were coming in at once. You know what? You weren't being attacked. There's video to prove that. She wasn't attacking you by any means. And who who stares down their sights with, well, no, he wasn't even looking at it. He was just aiming around the side, right? Right. Yeah. So he, was, so he wasn't even sighting in. Plus, uh, no officers died that day. I don't know if you guys know that. It's been proven now. So yeah. they started off with like it's like it was like seven and four. Yeah, yeah. four people died that day. Five, yeah. yeah, and then it ended up at five. Yeah, I think that's that's what I heard Biden say. Five people died that day. And uh, the the well, they went down all the way down to one, and it was Officer uh, Sicknick. As I said, uh, it was a fire um, extinguisher that got yeah. knocked over his head. And all of theory. them, and all of them were just different AOC personalities. <laughs> and when yeah. they crashed through, through the fence, they said they hurt those cops that were holding the fence. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. They didn't get Cops hurt. just opened the fence, actually. Yeah. And um, in the, the video, <laughs> the video actually shows uh, Officer Sicknick uh, not Walking being attacked at all. Yeah. Afterwards, very energetically waving people by. Just, yeah. yeah. Um, so the the off the all this video is contrary to the things that we've been told by Miss um, Cheney and. Uh, uh, Adam Schiff and or Adam Shifty Schiff and that entire mm. committee and and all the all this I mean even even Lindsey Graham who whom I I used to have some kind of faith in mm. um, just turncoated real quick as soon as they 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 could and it really revealed who the establishment really was yeah. and 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 then not only that but um, we're we're coming to find out now through uh, some more of this footage that the 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 feds the they were involved and they were pushing people to go in yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other video, are you showing the other video of the officer who was ticked off because they were told to go to a certain area? They were told to go to an area where nothing was happening. They had all, uh, a bunch I, of officers I didn't, over didn't there. didn't actually have that video um, yeah. queued up. Oh, but, yeah, he was ticked. Um, there he was, is a lot. There's like, a this lot. This is a setup. I mean, like you said, thousands of hours yeah. of stuff. And um, um, But one one man in particular named Ray Epps, um, which I think we probably all, we've, we've all heard that name at some point, this man... Um, was definitely a federal, he's definitely a federal officer and he was telling people, let's, let's go to the Capitol building. Let's go riot. Yeah. He's screaming yeah. at the top of his lungs. Yeah. And then in the video, what you actually hear is the crowd around him doing what we would all do. That's a fed. Right. That mm-hmm. is a fed right there. Yeah. Don't listen to him. That's a fed. Yeah. So I think, I think that uh, what actually happened and, and I think as the video evidence keeps coming out more mm-hmm. and more, you're going to find out that most of the damage that was done was done by federal officers or encouraged by via entrapment yeah. Um, yeah. by these federal officers. Well, like the video, the short that I, we put up on my video, which is coming out later this weekend, yeah. there's actually an officer. <laughs> we know it's an officer. We know it's a fed. There's a broken window. We don't really know how the window was broken, but he's breaking the glass. And when someone tells him to stop, a guy holding a flag tells him to stop. He turns around and realizes there's a camera on him. He shoves the guy with the flag and then points at it and blames the broken window on the guy with the flag. Because the guy says, don't go in that window. Right. And now, oh, there's a camera on me. Yeah. Um, It's this guy's fault. He did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but the video tells the entire story. So, you know. And and that I can't I couldn't believe that the guy backed down because we talked about that. Oh, if someone would shoved me like that! Oh my god! <laughs> it, was, it was all the left false news. Yeah, it wasn't nothing truth about whatever happened there. Yeah, someone shoved me like that. They would learn an objective truth real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and that being said, yeah. <laughs> I think we'll uh, get a closing prayer and we'll 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 get the heck out yeah. of here. Sounds great. Lord, I just thank you for these guys. I thank you for this conversation, Lord. I thank you for just uh, your, you just being who you are. And I'm thankful that you did create. I'm thankful that you created us. I know a lot of people say this world is, is just too bad to live and don't even want to bring kids into this world anymore. But, God, I am grateful for life. I'm grateful for these guys. I'm grateful for Revolver Broadcasting and Faith, Family, and Politics. And, God, just what you put on Josh's heart and these guys here that brought me in and allowed me to be here and, and just share my heart. God, I just ask that you'll continue to bless all of those that are listening and, and watching. And, and Father, I pray that they do their own research. God, we're not telling them what to think. We just want them to think. Just think, period. Just take some time. Do some real research. Dig into everything. Don't read headlines. Don't read articles. 
And God, for me, I, I just pray that if they're out there, any Christians out there, please just be praying. Be praying and ask God to guide them, uh, the Holy Spirit to guide them, get in the Scripture and just know what the truth is. And so that when those lies start coming at them, they can discern real easily what the truth is. Lord, thank you. Just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That was host of the It Makes Sense podcast, podcast. Danny mm-hmm. Tippett. Uh, thank you for joining us for yeah, sure. No, thanks and, for having me again. And we got to remind so people <laughs> um, they can actually check that show out right here on Revolver yeah. Broadcasting wherever we're at on all all the all the places. All the, all the places. <laughs> you do it. It's great. All the you, places. The YouTubes, the Rumbles, yeah, uh, the Facebooks. All of it. I'm adding an S because I want to do it. Uh, do it. Do it. <laughs> and anywhere you download your audio podcasts. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're excited. Yes, sir. Hopefully it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> didn't take that into consideration. <laughs> Do you ever look back at it? I'm like, yeah, okay, this didn't make sense. But oh, yeah, no, I did. Like, we yeah. did a re- com- completely redid an entire yeah. episode because yeah. it didn't make sense. Yeah. So <laughs> you be the arbiter and you comment and let us know uh, so that we know we can uh, we can retool on the show if we need to. That's funny. Um, so, yeah, next to him, the host of Laughing Libertarian. You know him, you love him, Alan McFarland. Thanks for having me. I was going to say thank you for being here. Let him finish. Yeah, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. (laughs) It's wonderful. Uh, We we had quite a late start, didn't we, Alan? A little bit. Yeah. New episode this weekend, guys. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you're going and checking that out. So we've got got a lot of good stuff coming out Mm -hmm. uh, here very, very soon. And um, also uh, coming out with uh, two new episodes here very, very soon. Um, uh, This this coming week, the host of Rodriguez Rants, Louis Rodriguez. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. It was a good show. It was yes. a big show. Thank you. What kind of a show was it, Louis? It was a great show. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've been your host, Joshua Cummins, reminding you that in the morning, I'm making waffles. Nice. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. <laughs>